following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hey, this is Jesse Betteridge from Zonan Canada. You're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... It's I'm Roger, real man. And Paul and Jim are not with us at the moment, so once again... I locked them in my basement. Ah. Duelist taking over the second episode of Rue. But the official, as we are supposed to be stating reason why Jim is not present is he's still coping with the loss of Bulat. Yes, he's dealing with a deep depression and he's now having a negative self-schema for these people until we have further analysis and a diagnosis on this. Um, Jim will not be returning to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Paul, we probably buried him somewhere in uh, Dula's backyard. I think I pissed on that spot too, so we sh- he should at least get something to drink. <laughs> That's maybe going a bit far. But we are not alone. We have also been joined by... Hey, it's Caboose again. Yay. Yeah, I've made him come on by good point. Have you guys figured out that we always call Duelist and Caboose whenever people aren't available to record? Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, you're all like, I don't want to do sessions, but I want to do sessions. But I'm tired, but we want to do one. But I want to have a life, Caboose. And it's getting increasingly hard to do. Ah, uh, that's uh, enough of me lamenting my lack of time to do anything. Sketches life. <laughs> Shut up, Doolis. Not entirely sure if this will be in this particular episode of the podcast, but earlier today I recorded a segment with Jesse Betteridge of Zen in Canada, another podcast that features discussions on Canadian television and how uh, anime is available in Canada. And there's actually a slight possibility that they could maybe get some kind of Toonami-like thing going there. But more about that in the segment when you hear it. But on to the usual business, starting off with the Akamiga Kill Recap. Akamiga Kill, Episode 9, Kill the Battle Fanatic. Mine fully recovers to avenge the deaths of her comrades, Shell and Palat. At the training grounds, Tatsumi and Lubbock are taking push-ups with Akame and Leone, respectively sitting on their backs, which leads to quite a delightfully dangus scene. Nagenda later tells Night Raid that she will be leaving to recruit new members and assigns Akame as temporary leader. At the capital, an uh, individual named Wave tries to make an impression on the other Imperial Arms users, those being Kurome, who we saw in the previous episode, Seryu, who's everyone's favorite character, obviously, somebody named Dr. Stylish, somebody named Run, and somebody named Bulls. 
<clears throat> these are all introduced as a new member of the squad that has formed under Esdeath. Esdeath arrives and introduces herself to the group and lets the group know that they will be known as the Jaegers. Esdeath announces their intention to hunt down the enemies of the Empire. At Lubbock's library, Lubbock, Tatsumi, and Leone learn that mine is now included on the wanted lists. An upcoming tournament sponsored by Esdeath is held at the capital, and Tatsumi pretends to be a blacksmith and joins the tournament. Tatsumi flawlessly defeats a muscular opponent without using Incursio. Esdeath suddenly becomes infatuated over Tatsumi's fighting prowess and approaches him. Tatsumi thinks that the reward for winning the tournament is money, as was advertised, but he is instead shackled by Esdeath and taken inside the palace. Learning of Tatsumi's capture, Akame and the others wonder whether or not they should rescue him. He gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> he gonna get something. He gonna get it. Yeah. Don't be fooled. As death is a real nice charmer. <laughs> mm. Man, she's, she's nice and easy. You know, that's a lot, man. She is like when she made that face of infatuation. I was like, oh, that's nice, <laughs> dude. She's <laughs> bipolar with <laughs> multiple personalities and schizophrenic and a <laughs> sociopath. Let, let's and let's talk about that list of requirements, <laughs> dude. That's like the thousand provisions that Excalibur had, man. Like so, <laughs> so they have to be a, a worthwhile warrior, but. They have to be somebody that she can train. She wants to be able to train them, and we now understand that training involves collars <laughs> and As leashes. As always. Uh, he has to be capable of becoming a general, and he has to <laughs> he has to have an innocent face. <laughs> it's like all of smile. these things that only add up to Tatsumi, Tatsumi. Mm -hmm. or somebody like Tatsumi. Speaking or of somebody like Tatsumi, what's this wave guy? Who is he? He's a nobody. He's, he's not a nobody. He's, he's a, a punching bag. I was he's like, as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, so that's the Tatsumi of the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Uh, also, they're trying to find somebody to use Shell's scissors, and I'm like, well, you better not. <laughs> Don't you desecrate shell like that? Not, not okay with that. Uh -oh, only be a shell of her former self. <laughs> Crickets. Cut mm. it out. All right, there, Day Coulier. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many of the cartoon characters of your childhood he uh, actually voiced. Or was maybe the stand-in voice for. But uh, that that's a tangent for another time. I guess we'll go ahead and get into the Toonami Talkbacks. Yeah. Phantom Star writes in, Who invited Freaky Fish Guy from Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series? <laughs> I don't know, man, but that looked like some premium Yellowtail he had. Yeah. What's with the fishes, like, twitching? What the, what? It was still alive, dude. Trust me, yeah. fresh fish is fast. I also kind of wonder good. why everybody was giving him, like, weird looks. I mean, yeah, I realize he's a country bumpkin, but still. It was funny. Yeah. 
he's probably toughing it all the way in the first place. Oh, definitely. Gamer for Life, one, two, three, writes in, Saryu the human and Koro the dog. The killing never ends, it's justice time. Saryu's back with some new arms. Snoopy on crack and steroids. She got them uh, auto male arms. I know, right? Full metal happening references all over. Mm. Like half metal Saryu. (laughs) (laughs) The bionic woman. (laughs) <laughs> we have the technology we can rebuild her but Although I don't, don't want to spend a lot of money <laughs> <clears throat> Austin Guest writes in so let's see our new squad has Mako Tsunami the Pyro Gun Deep Throat Cookie Monster Dr. Zabon and more join today okay I just had to say I, they they had to they had to add another character who was even more flamboyant than Blot. I was amused. I was well, like, this will, this will not bring back the Blot fix that we all need. It's to help with people I, suffering from withdrawal. I don't know if it's uh, actually to help. It did not help. Uh, <laughs> this may be me jumping the gun, but it's I kind of a dick not. slap in the face, right? <laughs> I may or may Ooh. not be finding myself more entertained by this Esdeath group. Uh, they are kind of dangus. As Esdeath said, they're all rather eccentric. There they are. Still kind of wondering about that wave guy, I mean. Who? I, I like Literally waves. who? Yeah, just, just who. Uh, and uh, the guy in the gimp mask, that's... <laughs> It's like, ah, I was so worried that you'd be, like, a a bad guy. It's like, oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, you are freaking shy, but you're wearing a freaking gimp costume, dude. He's got a wife and kids. Yeah, I bet he does. (laughs) There was a lot of laughter to be had. Uh Definitely an uh, interesting uh, group, these Jaegers. Yes. Also, Karome apparently does not want to share her cookies. Nope. Yeah, By the way, did, the did anyone else it. see that picture somebody edited with the picture of the group and they all have Aaron Yeager's face? I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. I that. And along those lines, Benjamin Pajon, even with Attack on Titan gone, we still have a Jaeger on the block. <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. Jaeger means hunter in German, people, if you don't know that. Yeah. Jaeger. So what you're saying is, if four kids had gotten an attack on Titan, they probably would have called him something like Aaron Hunter. And that wouldn't have been entirely inaccurate. (laughs) Or, uh, It would have been accurate, but it probably would have sucked. Oh, yeah, it would. (laughs) We have to put clothes back on these giant people. (laughs) if <laughs> all of the titans underwear and allison says what we're all thinking a comic got kill ends with ed's death taking toss of me to her sex dungeon the fanboys are jealous oh you know what's a hilarious thought sketch digital bikinis on the titans that is a hilarious thought <laughs> also expensive do we get a disco gun also Yes! Yes! No, no, no. Disco pairing swords. 
Uh, fun with making fun of edits. Oh, oh, it seems we have a talkback from Mr. Durrell. Is it me, or does Ed's death love putting men in chains and knocking them out to play Steal the Virginity? It's not just you. Oh, Thompson, there ain't gonna be no cherry boy after that night. Uh uh-uh. uh. I, I really must discipline myself to not watch the next episode of A Comic Got Kill yet. Because I want to see where this is going. Don't do it. I mean, as soon as she knocked him out, I was like, oh shit, 50 Shades of Grey. Damn it. Ties to me. Just, you're young, you're asking, take it. <laughs> you're young, you'll bounce back. <laughs> you will bounce back. But Akame's all like, uh-uh. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I'm pretty sure Balot would be real mad because Esdef might mess with the hole that he wanted. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now there's that other guy who probably gonna have a thing for taunts of me honestly <laughs> he seems to have a thing for wave hey exactly that's the whole <laughs> thing man now it's like okay now we have the counter we have counter balat and counter Tatsumi. <laughs> it does seem to be kind of a counter of at least some of those character types in that group like man these people like <laughs> freak show man yeah and Jafus and Craig. A real man would have come ready with his own leash. Here you go, as death. No, real men don't have their own leashes. The only time we get a leash is when we get married. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you're saying is what Ed's death is doing here is a marriage simulator. <laughs> In her sick, sad world, that is <laughs> marriage, man. Yikes. It was interesting to see a little flashback with, uh, I, I guess the thought didn't dawn on me that Nagenda used to work for the Empire, but go figure, another one of them used to work for the Empire. Kind of makes sense, though, right? Well, you know, the thing is, I, I'm pretty sure it did explain that, like, the people that were in Night Raid, minus Tatsumi, they actually were part of the, like, Imperial Army at some point, or had some dealings with it. Yeah, at least some of them. Yeah. You know, if I was part of Night Raid, knowing me, I probably would have been somewhere in the captain level or, you know, doing some kind of bloody work. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got Somebody got to do the dirty work around this camp. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to see what happens next. Oh, yeah. It always gets interesting. Trust me. And as we always say, do not get attached to anybody. No, that's that's number one rule for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Only Esdeath is allowed to get attached. Yeah. <laughs> Careful, she's swinging. finally decided to ask me, so does everyone in this show just die? And I'm like, uh, well, that's maybe what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a possibility. It kind of seems like that kind of show. Dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, it, probably. It's all, uh... One of these days. Yeah. Well, you gotta go someday. Mm. They're all in purgatory. <laughs> this ain't no angel beats. <laughs> Yet another Why? show from Sentai. Well, I guess that will do it for that recap. On to the news.
From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. Picking off the news, we just heard, I believe this is probably some New York Comic Con news, that uh, George Kirstick and Jody Schaefer are working on a Making of Megas XLR book. And you will buy it. Yes, yes. I will. Damn right you will. So while they can't it. make more Megas XLR, they can talk about making Megas XLR. Fair enough. Well, it's a nice consolation. Yeah, I certainly am very interested to hear more about the process of making the show. I feel like we've certainly gotten more tidbits about that than most people through our various interviews, but there has undoubtedly more stories to be told. Yes. And of course, I love a drunk George Kirsty. <laughs> oh, well, he better write it drunk. Dude, that's the best way to write. That's the you only say the way. Realest... Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. You say the realest shit when you're drunk. Or yeah. at least inebriated. More tangentially related to Nami News. Uh, since we talked about the new Gundam series that is currently streaming, it has been confirmed that Sunrise will be doing a dub for Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. So Funimation got nothing to do with that. Yes, I want that dub. And it will be dubbed by Bang Zoom. Mm-hmm. I think that more or less implies that they're going to stream it on Hulu. But we'll see. Doesn't Only matter. time will tell. Only time will tell. <clears throat> and speaking of things streaming on Hulu, we can finally confirm that Sailor Moon Crystal's dub will be streaming on Hulu in November. Congratulations, bitches. So if you wanted to see Sailor Moon Crystal, there you go. And with that, I think that's probably all the most pertinent news from the New York Comic Con, which happened this weekend, at least tsunami related I mean, I suppose you could technically mention that uh, a certain show is getting dubbed that some people might want eventually to... Oh! Oh! Well, yes... Viz Media finally pulled it out of nowhere and announced Hunter Hunter will be getting a dub and home video release. So there's that. And Blu-ray even. Oh yeah, yeah, which actually that's a bit unusual cuz they <clears throat> they didn't put bleach on Blu-ray, they don't put ship it in on Blu-ray. Just having the rights to do that does not necessarily mean that they will put it on Blu-ray at least be on right Blu-ray, away. Though. Oh, yeah, because it is animated in HD, and it is purdy. Purdy. Oh, that will, madhouse I, animation. No, I will oh, say, though, dude, when I so got good. to see uh, Bleach Hellverse, man, on DVD, I was like, damn, it's just as good as a Blu-ray. It was so pretty. Sometimes their DVDs can be really nice quality. I mean, I got Tiger and Bunny on DVD from them, and I, I think that video quality is quite good. Bunny! I don't know, I just like saying that. Uh, yeah, also, since I mentioned Tiger and Bunny, apparently there's maybe a live-action movie being produced in America for that? What? 
flat. Where did that come from? I'm going to file that under my stack of papers for titles that more people are aware of that haven't gotten made yet. Yeah. Seriously. But who knows? The blue girl, the resurrection. Sheesh. <laughs> Would there be a lot of product That's... placement? Oh, yes. And uh, Jim is going to have to make good on his promise, perhaps, to drink the Bud Light Lime. And, uh, what was it? The Truffle Shuffle? Yeah. Yeah. Because Funimation says that they will be releasing Ava 3.33 in February of 2016. But I'll believe it when I see it. It seems to be the the only thing that was really newsworthy from, uh... Funimation? (laughs) Oh, Funimation and them not announcing things. Let's have a Dragon Ball Super panel and not announce that show. You done yet? (laughs) times are tough times are tough so now i'm pretty sure we've said the at least mostly necessary news from comic-con and with that it's ratings time the 18 to 49 ratings for october 3rd 2015 dragon ball z kai 732,000 akami ga kill 585,000 Parasite premiered 535,000. Michiko and Hachin at its new time 453,000. Naruto Shippuden 391,000. One Piece 375,000. And Kill a Kill rerunning at 3 a.m. started with 372,000. Viewers 18 to 49. The total viewer ratings. Dragon Ball Z Kai, 1,309,000. Akamiga Kill, 1,038,000. Parasite, 985,000. Michiko and Hachin, 817,000. Naruto Shippuden, 677,000. One Piece, 613,000. And Kill a Kill, End of the Night, with 582,000. Not the best night. Ouch. <laughs> Probably not the worst one either. No, certainly not the worst. I, for perspective, Family Guy that night got 1.65 million, which is awfully low for Family Guy. Foosball. You talk about football like that. <laughs> you must forget where his eyes is, boys. Yeah. Man, that drop between Parasite and Michiko and Hodgson, that was... That was yeah. Yeah, I'm going to chalk that up to schedule change, throwing people off. Maybe. And then after that, we had another decent drop to Naruto ship it in after Michiko. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, bummer. All the kids are all like, replace Shippuden with Hunter Hunter. No. Nah, it's not going to happen. No, it's not. I know it won't. I don't want it to. I want to watch all of Shippuden. Exactly. I want to see Naruto get Hinata pregnant. <laughs> yes. That, that well, was, then that I guess you need to watch Naruto the last. Or... Extended Shippuden need... filler, clearly. The mm. the ex- Naruto the last extended Prego edition. No. Sponsored by the sauce. No, no, no. Naruto <laughs> Shippuden Team Mom edition. <laughs> No. 16 and Ninja. 16 and Ninja. 
It's gonna be real hard for me not to make that the episode title. <laughs> 16 and Ninja. Oh, that's good. Planned Parenthood no Jutsu. That's good. That's that, that's almost as good from when we were watching Comet Lucifer and he sees a particular tower. It's just meanwhile it's Horon's lookout. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings looking thing. Yeah, Lord of the Rings looking thing about this. Well, hopefully the second week for Parasites and this lineup does a bit better. It yeah, it could be the fall lurch, which you would think that in the fall things would maybe even pick up some, but uh, people are busy with school and stuff. Take a couple episodes to infect the viewers. Yes, exactly. I was in Georgia for my graduation, and I still watch Tsunami. Don't give me that shit. Good job. And me and Mom were watching it together, like a family should. I am also maybe slightly a tiny bit concerned that the ability to watch all of Toonami the next day is possibly deterring people from staying up. Maybe. Eh. Probably not to any significant degree. But it is a I recent watch. change that may be affecting things. Look at I, watch I will come to your house with my belt. I come to my it. house with your belt, with my belt, and I'm going to just whoop some ass, okay? Now we're gonna watch Tsunami, like a wholesome Tsunami faithful family. That means everybody in Tsunami land. Keep now don't make me open. get the belt. I will get a switch too. Better yet, you know I'll, I'm gonna get an extension card and a switch and wrap it all up together. Okay. <laughs> if you want further analyzation of the recent ratings, you can check out an article posted by one of our new writers, CJ. He goes into detail about the most recent ratings. Check it out. Onwards to the trending. United States trends. Toonami trended during One Piece on the East Coast and Kill a Kill on the East Coast. Hashtag DBZ Kai. This also trended during the 8pm Encore airing. Hashtag Akamiga Kill. Hashtag Parasite. Hashtag Michiko and Hachin. Hashtag ship it in, hashtag one piece, and hashtag kill a kill for another perfect trend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool beans. Twitter up. No one. Oh, it's nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, this week's Toonami Goodie was a review of a game called Volume. Is a strategy, sneaky, sneak around game that's kind of like the Metal Gear Solid VR missions. That's all it is. Yeah. Literally, that's all it is. <laughs> and yeah. it's not It's not a bad thing. That's just that. It's fun. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Super fun. <laughs> and you can check out that review. We posted it on the website. And now for at least some people's favorite part, the part where we talk about the other things that aired on Toonami and give your talkbacks. It's pretty heavy on Michiko and Hodgson again. Ooh, really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lots so of good not, ones from Michiko and Hodgson this nothing week. Nothing wrong with that. I guess people just have a hard on for Michiko. 
So starting us off, Mr. Joshua Knighton. Yeah, that's totally advice you want to give your 10-year-old charge. Get you some! Teenage pregnancy munch? In this case, I'm, that's underage pregnancy, man. That's yeah, that's not even teenage pregnancy. Dude, that's, but it that's, could lead to a life of teenage pregnancy. That's some to catch a predator type shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Darrell. They were the same age. Have a seat. Why don't you have a seat? Right over there. You, you see what I did there? You, you see what I did there? <laughs> no, no. Well, please, Johnson, when you need him. <laughs> Benjamin Padjohn says, Damn, Michiko and Hachin, how did you turn a cute little crush into something so <laughs> depressing? It's a Michiko, for God's sakes, man. Yeah. It's what she do. It's, it's what the show do. Yeah. Limel Nathan writes in, Those tomatoes don't look very good to eat. Where were they grown outside of a chemical plant? No, they were born, they were, um, they were done in Monsanto, so, you know, you love those GMOs. Damn, you motherfuckers really need to learn about this stuff in Monsanto with their genetically altered goddamn foods. Maybe they were those ugly tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Rob Barracuda writes in, I'm partly convinced that Toucan in the Rain is a Fruit Loops promotional material. Follow your nose. Follow your nose. At Gamer for Life, one, two, three. Why are you talking to your clothes? Hashtag kill a kill. Why are you talking to your hand? Hashtag parasite. Mm. Hands and clothes, huh? Yep. And, uh... uh, It went crazy last night. At the underscore bodyguard 31, regarding Shippuden, great episode and the best fight in Shippuden thus far. Too bad Choji and Inu became useless, a.k.a. Sakura. (laughs) <laughs> Sakura will always be that's uh that's them fighting words <laughs> nobody's as useless as sakura <laughs> you do understand that sakura hirano has the same amount of letters as useless bitch right <laughs> <laughs> that that <gasps> sudden clarity <laughs> like, uh, it dawned on me yeah, sometimes you just gotta have those type of epiphanies. Hmm. Alright. That'll do it for our miscellaneous talkbacks. It's time for our second Parasite recap. Woo-hoo. They played the full ending of Shippuden last night. I noticed that. Oh, they did do that. They did do that. I was like, wait, this isn't sped up. I know. I know. Huh. How peculiar. <laughs> Throwing them Naruto fans a bone. I've noticed they have not updated the custom intro in a while. They really need to do that. I'm I'm tired of hearing about... Request Denied is great. I love it. It's a great track by LP, but come on. Tired, tired of those quotes. Please keep it consistent with the other music in the packaging. Please. Yeah. So... All I'm going to say is, hey there, pre-adult swim tsunami. (laughs) (laughs) Don't complain. Yeah, also, that track for Michiko and Hachin now. 
<laughs> a lot of the tracks are pretty uh yeah some retro I'm... throwback unreleased <laughs> type music oh no need to tease please don't tease you'll get people pissed uh, off at me I mean, it's like to, nice to hear them at least i'm really happy to hear pelican city and <laughs> p brothers and all that great stuff back on the block I suppose this could be a time where I could bring up how I'm not entirely sure that it, it's Hellcats for Michiko, right, Caboose? Yes. I I I almost feel like that track's just kind of thrown on those bumps as opposed yeah. to well, fitting lot... them spectacularly. Yeah, it does kind of not feel right. A lot of the tracks, um, they I mean they didn't really even adjust the times for them. Hmm. Like for all the packaging, like it. Well, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, like, yeah, maybe they were in a bit of a rush. They are working pretty hard on that intruder stuff. Yeah, I'm really happy that. Uh, We weren't entirely sure they were even going to change the bumps before intruder. Oh, I knew they were. I knew they were. Oh, I see. You're clairvoyant. I am well. I know a guy. Oh, I, uh, okay, 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 okay. And then there's Paul, who's all like, "Go on." <laughs> if he was here, I'm sure he would have said it. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Maybe works on somewhere. Who annoyed a guy and? But it's definitely nice to nice to hear stealth on there again. Haven't heard that since. That part, well, that part of the track ever since uh, Dragon Ball GT. Mm. Ooh, and <laughs> they talked about Dragon Ball GT on uh, Free Flight this week. Yeah, and we're they kind did. of like, well, that show existed. <laughs> it I'm did well. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> the only person that actually enjoyed GT. No, I, I'm I watched every episode, but I did not enjoy myself. Did you watch the Lost episodes, quote-unquote? Yes, I did. Okay, Caboose, I'm going to be honest with you. I did enjoy GT. We so can't be friends alone. anymore. <laughs> We're going to be friends. You're still my bae. Oh, I, got I didn't know right. I was better than you. I got right, Sketch. <laughs> I didn't hate GT. You're, uh... It certainly wasn't the best thing ever, but... You got squatters rights, Darrell. <laughs> Well, I got bay rights. <laughs> oh, okay. Bay rights mean you gonna love me, damn it. Love me, love this, me, sketch. This, this segment is called. Uh, Calm down, his death. Baywatch. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Duelist is on point tonight. Nice. Mm. nice. Yeah, you might have to quit Paul. I'd just keep you. Just like how Sarah was last night, saying Tom has no brain. Oh. Well, I mean, it's an accurate statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> she's she's been slamming hard on the disses lately. Yeah, she's she's gotten a little feisty. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a little feisty here and there. I was just going to say that Tom seems paranoid about intruders. Mm. Like parasites Maybe. invading his body. What? Maybe Tom has the right to be paranoid. Who knows? Who knows? 
And speaking of parasites, it's time for our second parasite recap. Yay. Parasite, episode two, The Devil in the Flesh. A woman is saved from some thugs by a man who offers to walk her home. The thugs try to get the drop on the man only to discover that he is not a normal human being as he proceeds to kill the thugs and the woman after commenting that he's not entirely sure that all four of them will fit in his stomach. The next day, Shinichi decides he should name the parasite living in his hand. The parasite suggests Migi, though he says he doesn't share the human desire to have a name. During gym class, Shinichi shows some impressive skill on the basketball court and asks Murano, the girl that he groped in the previous episode, to forgive him for the other day. This catches the ire of another classmate who tells him that he's had his eye on Murano. Shinichi tries not to get Migi involved, but Migi decks his classmate and ends the confrontation. Shinichi proceeds to the bathroom where Migi attempts to stimulate his organ, which happens to freak out the only other guy in the bathroom, of course. Later, Shinichi's friend talks to him about the mincemeat murders, which gets Shinichi thinking that maybe something should be done about the parasites, so Migi and Shinichi have a conversation about the value of human life, and Migi states he only values his own life and sees nothing wrong with his kind eating to survive. The next day, Migi senses another of his kind, and Shinichi decides to confront the other parasite. The parasite then suggests Migi join him on his body and attempts to kill Shinichi to uh, more or less move things along. But Migi defends them. When Shinichi questions why Migi would do this, Migi replies he simply was not sure if a transfer was possible. Sometime after that, Shinichi takes Murano out for pancakes to make up for the previous incident, but can't get his mind off the recent encounter. When he walks her home, they come across some punks throwing stones at a cat who was buried in the sand in a sandbox. Murano wants to leave, not really feeling comfortable with the scene, but Shinichi saves the cat and confronts the boys. As they continue home, Murano reaches for Shinichi's right hand, but stops and switches to his left hand and inquires if he's really Shinichi Izumi. That Murano girl, she knows something. <laughs> yeah, she knows something ain't right. She may not know much, but she knows something, something not right about that hand. Well, the the, the hand is right, but... Yeah. You, you know. I don't know. Blah. Definitely a uh, interesting, <laughs> thought-provoking conversation about the value of human life in this episode. Mm. Parasite's good for that. Yeah, yeah. Par Parasite gives you an interesting perspective on things humans aren't yeah. sacred we're just bags of meat and he uh <laughs> felt like well if anybody's a demon it's you humans because you consume so many things and we really only consume one or two that's pretty frugal in comparison migi yeah, is just delightful <laughs> and frightening at the same time yeah also, uh, bathroom scene. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Gives a whole so, new meaning to handjobs. I was kind of disappointed that he called it a pecker and didn't like. I'm kind of, I'm kind of wigged out by a guy talking to his dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk to Paul all the time. I, I was amused by. I think the sub was something like, "Why are you talking to your Johnson?" Yeah, I think that was right. <laughs> I think it was something like that. To my responses, I'm not talking to my Johnson. I'm talking to my hand, and her name is my girlfriend. Rosie Palms? <laughs> Shinichi, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Giving Migi the the cold shower to <laughs> chill out, man. It's like, no, don't do that in public. No. Cold showers are good for you. Bad. Bad parasite hand. Bad. Idle hands, man. Uh, and apparently there was something else that Migi briefly turns into in a version of this episode, maybe. But it's really more like, I think it's really just a, like a, a momentary, well, he's turning into something else. But you, you can find the screen cap. It's, uh, yep. It's a thing. Caboose, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Like, um, the ending, the ending confrontation between the other parasite, like it, like the parasite was all like, screw, screw Sunichi, fucking just go to me instead. And then, <laughs> and then it really puts things into perspective, like Sunichi's like trying to hope to God that he's not gonna just abandon him because they both need to depend on each other. Yeah. It definitely shows that Migi is, you know, a very useful ally to Shinichi. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And whenever Shinichi kind of gets fresh with Migi, Migi's all like, you know what, I could end you. (laughs) (laughs) There are ways of making sure that I live and you don't cause me problems. You don't need no eyes. You don't need no mouth. Don't need to hear. Looks like yeah. someone's terrified. As well they should be. I'd be terrified if my hand was talking to me. Yeah, that, that'd be unnerving. That'd I'm be sure unnerving. anybody would. <laughs> Duelist, do you have any additional thoughts? Um, I forget if this really came up when we talked about it last week. And Caboose may back me up on this, but, uh, well, you might even sketch. I feel that, uh, Parasite's soundtrack is actually pretty dang good, especially for, like, some of the fight scenes, which will only mm-hmm. become more prevalent as we go along. It's mm-hmm. definitely like, different. Uh, it is different. I think I it's like a good it. different. It's very. It's an interesting mesh mm-hmm. of things. A little um, unexpected. I will. But it fits uh, pretty well. Adding to some of my commentary from last week, uh, I feel that uh, Lucy Christian as Murano, we got more of a feel for her performance this episode, and I, I think. It's alright. I'm. Yeah. Like. Admittedly, we didn't really get 
the best impression last episode. Also, so. y'all gonna get real tired of Murano being like, are you really Shinichi Uzumi? Because <laughs> that's like her catchphrase. Uh-oh. Because... <laughs> First, I I was like, she's kind of questioning if he's he, he's the same guy, but how much did she even know about him before this point? It I don't think she knew that much about him. I think he was just kind of a boy in her class that he obviously uh, was interested in her, but she may not necessarily have. Well, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. I think she kind of liked the fact that he's a nice guy, you know. Yeah. Which he is. Oh, yeah. He's a nice guy. I, f- I feel like we get a little bit more on that later, yeah. at least. Yeah, so. at least a little bit. But it it's kind of like they never really hung out before this point, so how would she know if it was him or not? It's unrequited love. Eh. Or stalking. More about that in future episodes. But, yeah, seriously, you're going to get tired of everybody like, are you really Shinichi? Yeah, I'm Shinichi. How many times I gotta tell you? Here's my oh birth certificate. I end you. <laughs> well, I gotta deal with y'all right now, man. The uh, occasional moments where Shinichi just snaps are are really great. Those are yeah. Do you want me to eat you? <laughs> I will end you. I don't know. The, the first, it, the, definitely the first time I watched this episode, that thing with him catching the rocks was like badass. Like, <laughs> dude is Spider Man. <laughs> That's all I could think of. It was like, that, he's showing that off. The series and... definitely uh, has some parallels. Yes, certainly are some parallels. It's like, should you be showing off that you yeah. you got some mad feel, skills at the basketballs? I feel like one of the pet names for Parasite that was being kicked around last year was uh, something like Morally Conflicted Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. Or uh, Superior Spider-Man at a point. Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> Easily the... Uh, well, that that's actually a comic. And, Is it? Uh, yeah, yes, and you can look into it. Oh, that is spectacular. No, it's superior. <laughs> it is ultimate. It's <laughs> definitely not ultimate. It is amazing. As an aside, that Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon is alright. Just, just yeah. wanted to say that because people know that I do not like those Marvel cartoons mm. lately. I gotta check it out. That, and I keep forgetting about that Vixen thing that it exists. Oh, yeah, that exists. Yeah. I'm kind of underwhelmed by shorts episodes, really. So much so that I watched the one, and then I, I don't really... Didn't feel compelled to watch more at the time. Also, what you had to like wait like... Five like minute a, episodes or something? Yeah. Were they adding episodes daily, or was it once a week? I don't I even remember. Know. But if it was like once a week, it's like yeah, five minutes a week, guys. That's that's great. <laughs> Several anime on Crunchyroll every season. Uh, <laughs> that's true. But I don't know. Usually those are are paced in a manner that makes it 
somewhat satisfying when you watch just a single episode. But mm-hmm. Yes, it so no. If if you do, if you want the complete opposite of that satisfaction, go watch like Rainy Coco on Funimation. Didn't that it? Not that's well like at all. gotten another season even. <laughs> go figure. I believe so. Well, talk back time. Josh Knighton. Oh, ain't that nice. He opened that body up like a Swiss army knife for Miggy to move it. What? What? Yeah, he did. I think that was like some cohabitation (laughs) with parasites. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting concept. I wonder if it will be explored later. Mm. Nah. Oh, hey, something I didn't mention. Uh, yeah, there were two human parasite-infected folks about to have sex at the end of that. So, there's that. Yeah. (laughs) So, you're saying that they actually use humans to procreate? Yeah. Interesting. Unlike Titans. (laughs) Yeah, Titans don't have genitals. Yeah. Hey, nobody but, knows what titans are doing in their giant man caves, okay? Yeah. No, but the female time does have a sweet booty. So the on the booty. topic of uh, them naked people, uh, Blatch Zero writes in, So, how about those random naked people at the end of Parasite? I think I know who might not approve of those. Wink. <laughs> who are you talking about? Are you talking about Polly? Are you talking about Aaron Yeager because he seems to have some kind of problem with naked people? I don't... Who? Polly? Polly! One Piece! One Piece. Mr. You can't wear that! That's inappropriate! Oh, that guy. Which is quite the opposite of Bolat, who's a character who he also voices. Yeah, man, do you even watch Toonami? Do you even Toonami, bro? Do you even... I actually watched the entire block plus last night, so you leave me alone. Uh. <laughs> Mr. Tib writes in, Miggy didn't want to confront the other parasite, so he just handled it. Oh, I lied, actually. I did not watch Shippuden, but eh. Well, that was a non-sequitur. It was. <laughs> At Lemuel Nathan, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. It's Lemuel, like Lemuel Gulliver. Lemuel, ah, alright. Shinichi battling Migi for control in his daily life. Pretty funny, intriguing. The bathroom scene was hilarious! Yes, it was. was. Expect to get more of those kinds of hijinks, but certainly less so as the story progresses to uh, heavier stuff. Yeah, I feel like there are still some hijinks. They're just a little bit more technically serious in tone. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's there's hijinks throughout this show, without a doubt. But you won't get a whole <laughs> lot of uh, really awkward situations with Migi and Shinichi after a while. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, you gotta run out of fat jokes. <laughs> I guess this is maybe why uh, why Johnny felt that the show started out kind of wacky, which I I suppose is accurate wacky, to an extent. This this might be a good time to make my comment of uh, my talk back. I suppose was uh, they made this joke with Parasite, but the entirety of Kill a Kill, not even in the dub. I think did we get a period joke. 
Yeah. Dude, that's just, that's just wrong, though. It's slightly amusing. <laughs> no one wants to talk to that chick when she has on flow kicking around. She was already <laughs> unstable. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, think about it. They all had their period on the same <laughs> day. Anonji Academy would be <laughs> decimated. Oh, I mean, dear. Dude, Chocolate and Midol could not save anyone from that. (laughs) (laughs) So Gamer for Life 123 wrote in, Sometimes my hand does unspeakable things too. And Ahava22 responded, Hands can't be trusted. I'm not going to even touch that one right there. (laughs) My personal favorite talkback that I read this week comes from one Austin guest. Hello, police. Yes, I'd like to report a molestation. Yes, sir, it was my hand. Yes, yes, I'm sober. Why do you ask? His hand tried to give him a hand job. Mm-hmm. At Master of the Arts, hearing Misaka Mikoto... Of all people, talk about erections was interesting. Well, at least it wasn't dysfunctional. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Cedric Alpha writes in, Screw masturbation jokes. Migi will just do it for real and in front of anyone. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Migi is a freaking exhibitionist. Somebody got the popo on them. Yeah, there's that police. It's that police. The police, they took it seriously. <laughs> My neck of the woods. And Star Overlord with what we're all thinking. I wonder how many weird hentai fan fictions this episode of Parasite inspired. All Tons. Of all of them. I'm sure I could probably number them. You would. <laughs> there are as many as the stars in the sky. <laughs> And never mind. Just gonna shut up. <laughs> Just shut up, Drill. It was very nice to actually watch Tsunami again on my TV instead of on my phone while in Canada. Oh, yeah. You were in Canada. I was. Hey. 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 What are you talking about? Tsunami. Tsunami. Canada. <laughs> no. Tsunami. <laughs> You episode title kicking you down <laughs> Niagara Falls uh, nice. Uh, nice I enjoy kicking you while you're down <clears throat> so now it's time to look to another part of the world as we try to globalize our coverage to an extent and discuss the action and anime situation in Canada right now It's a maple leaf state, Canada, oh, Canada, it's great, the people are nice and they speak French too, if you don't like it, man, you sniff through the great white north, their kilts are plaid, holsters take off, it's not how bad I want to be, where yaks can run free, where royal mounties can us me, let's go to Welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Uh, 
in efforts to kind of globalize our coverage to an extent, I've decided to bring on Jesse Betteridge from Zanin, Canada. Hey everyone, happy to be here, even though I uh, had to take a little time out of my Thanksgiving long weekend for it. Well, that's but right. It's not a big, it that's not a big deal. there right now. It is. Te- technically, it's a completely different holiday, but we, uh, you know, we celebrate it the same way as they do in the States, because of a uh, cultural osmosis, I guess. By eating lots of food and watching football? Minus the football part. Maybe some people watch football. <laughs> <laughs> there, there might be, a, there's probably a hockey game on. There you go. Yeah, but if, if, yeah, if you're not familiar, Zon in Canada is a podcast that I run. Uh, if you're Canadian and you, for some reason, listen to Toonami Faithful podcast, but not Zon in Canada, I'm going to have to strongly recommend it to you. <laughs> I think you're going to find it very appealing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do, do, do you have any, like, how many non-U.S. We like, do have a that? decent amount of non-U.S. listeners, and we do have some in Canada. Yeah. Go figure. I, 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 I kind of figured. Uh, I, I always found it kind of weird. You know, Toonami has this whole thing where they push the, the uh, trending on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's always a big deal when something trends internationally. And my thought is that, like, why are you making a big deal of this? It doesn't it doesn't mean anything to anybody outside of the United States. That's a good point. I don't think yeah. the worldwide trends. I mean, worldwide trends are, are cool, but I don't think yeah. that they're. It means there's a lot of people in America who are using Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that too. Uh, it doesn't hurt when, uh, say, because One Piece airs pretty close to when it airs in Japan, or it used, yeah. at least it did at some point. So it was pretty easy to trend it because of Japan. Oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I never, I ne- I wasn't aware of that angle. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That that kind of thing does happen. Yeah, but anyway, with Zon and Canada, um. The whole purpose of the podcast is to sort of bring bring attention to how Canada, or, or rather, anime has a really strong history with Canadian media that I think gets obscured a lot of the time or kind of sidelined. Because there's this, there seems to be this growing tendency to sort of lump the U.S. and Canada together and, and look at them in, as one market, which has never really been the case for a lot of things, and it's actually becoming increasingly less true, uh, as we see with... Uh, you know, we, we, we can't access Hulu streams, and yet a number of companies, namely Viz, uh, is just making their content available exclusively through Hulu. Uh, so, you know, little, little issues like that that come up. Um, and I, I, think the, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that, you know, when you look at New Zealand, you usually associate them with the Australian market. When you look at Ireland, you associate them with the UK. And, you you know, it seems logical that you'd think the same thing when it comes to Canada and the US, but... That's not really true in a lot of ways. And that kind of makes us this big blind spot where, you know, U.S. distributors will have the Canadian rights to things and then they just kind of won't always bother to make it available in Canada. So and you get you kind of have to make noise to make uh, to to correct that a lot of the times, mm. uh, which which may be why Canadians seem disproportionately loud when it comes to <laughs> complaining about things compared to other countries. Uh, that's that's the way I see it anyway. Fair enough. So you've never had Toonami in Canada. That, that's true. That's one of the big differences. In fact, Canada, if I'm not mistaken, is actually one of the few countries in the world that has not had some version of Toonami just because there are so many different versions of Cartoon Network around uh, around the world. I, I, we may actually be the only English-speaking market that hasn't had Toonami uh, in the past. Uh, in, in fact, Cartoon Network Canada and Adult Swim Canada 
uh, which do share channel space here as they do in in um in the U.S. They that only launched in 2012, and I think we were one of only a handful of countries in the whole world that had never had a version of Cartoon Network Canada before. Um, and I don't necessarily like you know you may see that as a big problem or that we're massively deprived and you know that kind of limits our access to some content i don't i don't think it's necessarily a big problem though uh, it's the result of our heavily protectionist market because you know we're we're attached to the biggest content producer or sort of media content producer in the entire world so i, I guess you can't really blame us for being a little protectionist sometimes but it's kind of allowed us to incubate our own brands and uh and content up here which you know for for better or worse i mean we we put out things like all the total drama island stuff which aired on our signature animation station which is teletoon and you know obviously i have a lot of issues with teletoon especially when it comes to their ability to make a an adult targeted animation block they've, they've been doing it longer than cartoon network uh in fact they've been doing it since 1997 uh wow but they still I did not yeah know that. since teletoon from the day it launched was not a children's broadcaster. It is a, it, it has been designated as a general interest broadcaster that focuses on animation that huh. runs children's content during the day. The night has always been designated for adult audiences, but they'd never done it as well as Adult Swim. And their, uh, their, their original productions are often kind of shoddy. Uh, I mean, in recent years, I don't know if anybody has seen Crash Canyon, but mm. that was definitely that was definitely a low point. Uh, of of Canadian production as far as Teletoon stuff goes. Crash Canyon was this show that very shamelessly rips off the visual style of Seth MacFarlane shows. And, you know, say what you, say what you will about Seth MacFarlane shows, but I, I think it's kind of unethical to do that on a number of levels and deceptive and exploitative. Uh, I, and it's finally off the air now, thankfully, and they're, they're putting some money into other things of varying quality. But at least we can tell ourselves that nothing can be worse than Crash Canyon. Something I find rather ironic is a good number of, or at least a handful of shows that are uh, broadcasting in Canada do end up on Hulu here. Like, um, forget about it. Is Forget About It a Hulu show there? It is uh, on Hulu, yes. Uh, Adult Swim Canada is, has been airing The Awesomes, which was produced for Hulu. Yes, that too. States, I believe. Because uh, again, we don't we don't get Hulu in Canada. It's it's this massive kind of blind spot issue. It's one of the 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 biggest problems here. And we have like like our we have media consolidation the same way you guys do with like the uh, the cable providers owning a bunch of stuff they shouldn't own and dividing up the market and stuff. And they 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 run their own streaming sites like Show Me and Crave, which divide up a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the digital rights for for a lot of shows from the states and, and elsewhere, uh, but they're not like Hulu. There's no free like ad based option. You have to subscribe to them. They're trying to push them as a, a Netflix alternative. Uh, but you do have Netflix in Canada. We do have Netflix, and a lot of people complain about the selection not being as good in the uh, in uh, on Netflix up here compared to the U.S. That's not really true. We actually get a lot of stuff that you can't get. On Netflix in the U.S., we have Batman the Animated Series yeah. on Netflix up here. That's not on Netflix down there. Um, a number, uh, like, I know a lot of people. Maybe it's more common to do this outside of the U.S. where People use a VPN to access different versions of Netflix from around the world. Uh, but I mean, if you do it that way, you can 
get 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 quite the selection by uh, by looking at Netflix selections from from other countries. And with as far as anime streaming goes, I guess I do need to clarify one thing. The general situation with anime streaming here is not really that bad. Anything that is available on Crunchyroll or Funimation.com in the States is available on those websites in Canada as well. Uh, the Funimation website is actually set up in a way where anytime it would normally bring up a Hulu stream, it will instead forward you to like a dumbed-down version of their own uh, their own sort of subscription streamer that just doesn't do HD. So you can still access the content. Hmm. And, uh, and just the, Sentai sorry. does kind of an interesting thing, don't they? Uh, if you go to theanimenetwork.com, all of their stuff is actually available for free in HD. Like, they didn't even really bother to try and set up Canadian advertising. But I noticed that uh, Sentai may actually be shifting into the same sort of... Uh, um, Viz Purgatory, uh, or they're the same kind of Purgatory that Viz is in oh. in Canada right now because they put one of their new titles this uh, uh, this fall. They may actually made it a Hulu Plus exclusive. Yeah, you're not Even missing you're just, anything. I I I know. It's just uh, it's well, the would, principle uh, of the matter. <laughs> it, it is the principle of the matter. I know it's just another magical high school show with lots of boobs and whatever. Um, so it's 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 no great loss. But what if they start doing this with with yeah. What if they start doing this with other shows, though? It's a good point. Uh, it's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, just going back to brands, uh, we we haven't had Toonami or Cartoon Network, but that's kind of allowed us to incubate our own stuff over the years. I mean, Teletoon's a pretty strong brand, even if you don't like everything it stands for, necessarily. And, of course, we had our own anime block that aired on TV, uh, on YTV, which is our youth broadcaster, uh, for between about 2004 to 2009, uh, which was Bionics. And, you know, it, it, it had a lot of similarities to Toonami. The content really wasn't that different. It kind of uh, seemed like Toonami meets Adult Swim. It basically was, yeah. Uh, it, it, it They aired most of the major titles that aired between 2004 and 2009 on Toonami and Adult Swim action. Uh, they kind of they took a lot of visual cues from Toonami, but a lot of the content from ASA. They also uh, there was one title that they aired that didn't air in the states that was Gundam Seed Destiny, uh, which you know in in itself is nothing to brag about because the show is awful. Yeah, it but, is. It, but <laughs> but the reason they aired it was because Gundam Seed did so well here. Um, Seed was actually one of the like it was the most popular Gundam that aired in Canada. Wing did air a few years earlier on YTV, but they kind of botched that whole. Uh, that that whole thing, uh, they didn't they, they picked it up. They clearly didn't know what to do with it. Uh, in fact, I, I I remember when they first aired Gundam Wing, because YTV I've you seen have to the understand ad. it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, I showed one of there's one of the ads that YTV made for Gundam Wing that's floating around uh, online. If you love shows with tons of explosions and storylines that will totally confuse the adults, well, this is the show for you. Gundam Wing, new time starting November 6th at 10.30. Uh, but there are, a, there are a couple of others that are even worse. They did this one unbelievably horrible ad for Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, where all the characters introduced themselves as having the name Walt, because, you know, Endless Waltz has Endless Waltz, meaning endless people who are named Walt. It, it was unbelievably awful. Um, if anybody out there has, like, a big library of old YTV recordings... And you think you might have that ad, which aired in like late 19 or 
late 2000, maybe early 2001. I mean, find it, put it out there for, I mean, oh, for man. the good of the world. The world needs to see this. I, I wouldn't mind if, if uh, Right Stuff tries to get a hold of YTV for their inevitable Endless Waltz Blu-ray and, and puts that ad on there. It would be a perfect, it would be a perfect uh, special feature, I, th- I think. But yeah, um, YTV really dropped the ball. They They picked up Gundam Wing just because it had been so popular on Toonami in the States and uh, they they aired three episodes over over a weekend because they, they picked it up and they saw it and they didn't know what to do with it I mean when uh, Jason DeMarco and Sean Akins at Toonami picked up that picked up that show they knew what it was they knew how to market it they made that epic like two minute ad that aired and really hyped it up and you know even though looking back Gundam Wing maybe wasn't the best show uh, it certainly was different from what had mostly aired on TV at that point and, and really resonated with people. But YTV just aired three episodes as kind of a demo to see how people reacted to it. And they put a poll on their website asking, you know, what time which should we air this and what what demographic should we target this at? Because they they clearly just didn't know. And I don't think a lot of obviously. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people didn't apparently didn't reply to that. Uh <laughs> Uh, that poll because it wound up airing weeknights at 11:30, and it was still the censored version. Oddly enough, even though I think, which uh, that was actually really weird because didn't William Street edit that, or was it edited in house by Bandai? Do you know? Oh, gee, I don't know about Gundam Wing. I think Bandai edited that one themselves. Yeah, I think everything else was edited in house at at William Street, but yeah, uh, but somehow YTV got the edited tapes. Did um, you get well, the edited Gundam Seed? Did you get the Disco Gun? No, we didn't. The Gundam Seed, uh, YTV was given uncut tapes for Gundam Seed. Uh, they did make a few edits, like there were like they cut out people exploding uh, in the later episodes yeah. and stuff, and they uh, they edited a little bit of the the gun violence, but it was the show was intact. Um, there was that they left in quite a bit of swearing. Uh, they they didn't really edit anything that would hurt the show. Whereas mm-hmm. from what I've seen of the Toonami version. Uh, it, it definitely, the editing definitely impacted that show. Um, the YTV version was not impacted in the same way. It actually, uh, had a lot, it, it had its integrity intact still. And I think that was, that was one big reason of why it, that show did a little better here compared to why it did in the States, because I think the show was a little more compromised when it aired in the States. Um, but interestingly, just going back to Gundam Wing, YTV, just to underline how much they didn't know what they were doing, uh, with this show. Um, when they aired Endless Waltz, they actually aired that before they started Gundam Wing. And they aired uh, Endless Waltz completely unedited at 7 p.m. as well, uh, which <laughs> blew a lot of minds back then. <laughs> wow. And also just cemented cemented the fact in people's minds that they could do that if they wanted to. And um, and that's, I think, part of the reason why there was such a big push for them to have like a... Like a uh, Toonami style or Adult Swim action style block for a number of years. Um, I know Zon in Canada. It used to be a website if uh, back in like 2003. If you've been around that long, and a lot of it, it actually spawned from this one thread at Toon Zone that was going on where we were talking about how you know there's all this stuff was airing on Toonami, um, but why aren't we getting any like none of the like post Gundam Wing programs that aired on Toonami in the states made it to Canada. And you know Canadians have this mentality where if if America gets something that we're entitled to get it to, which isn't necessarily the best way to think, but it's just a thought pattern of people in Canada a lot of the time. So I, I made the old website 
uh, with the intent of sort of pushing Canadian broadcasters to uh, to air more anime. And, you know, and, and like two weeks after I launched the site, YTV announced that they had Inuyasha. Um, and it's not because of my site. It's it was just a total coincidence. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I was definitely on to something, um, you know, or tapping into a to a legitimate demand there. Uh, so running that website, a lot of the time it was trying to um, uh, just trying to find a reason to exist, uh, which may have unfortunately sometimes translated into complaining about things that didn't necessarily need to be complained about. Uh, but people, it, I mean, it resonated with people. There was definitely was that widespread feeling that we needed more of an anime presence in on television in Canada or in Canadian media in general. And I think, uh, and, and the website's gone now. If you, you, you look up on archive.org, and if you read any of it, you'll quickly realize why I pulled it. A lot of it is pretty, uh, <laughs> uh, is, is, is pretty out there. But, uh, like, I think that there is definitely something where Canadian audiences have a stronger connection to anime. I think that it's actually resonates more with uh, Canadian viewers or with Canadian media. Uh, there's there's a strong relationship there that I don't think exists in other countries. It is a relationship that I think is different in Canada compared to the U.S., substantially different compared to the U.S. Mm. Um, and that's sort of the idea I want to communicate with, this sh- with my show, Zonan Canada, the, the new pod. When I, I brought it back as a podcast um, with the same name simply, simply because I, I uh, figured that there'd be a lot of people who missed the old website who might... Res- who, who might be attracted to that name again? And I was right. I've I found a lot of people who, um, who who de- who definitely responded to it since I, I brought it back, and uh, where it's building quite a bit of a following. And because I, th- I think a lot of people agree with that idea that there is a unique relationship between anime with Canadian audiences and Canadian media that is unique compared to other countries. And I think that's the the case for a number of, of reasons. Hmm. There was a point in the U.S. where pretty much everything died out. And it felt like, though Canada hung on a little bit longer, the same kind of thing happened in Canada. And while in the U.S. we eventually got Toonami back, you guys still don't have really a prime destination for anime on television. So what's the television landscape like in Canada now for the potential for a tsunami like thing or maybe a bionics revival even um i think it's pretty good uh teletoon who i mentioned before is you, you know I, I said that they're they've traditionally been very bad with having a good adult oriented animation lineup despite doing it for so long and a big reason for that is that they've really resisted anime over the years i think it really shows that you know a lot of the staff there probably isn't really into it which is fair enough i mean if they're not into it you can't expect them to run a good anime block Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, interesting note is that Chorus, which is the company that owns YTV, has recently acquired te- uh, recently acquired Teletoon. Incidentally, Chorus Entertainment also owns Nick Canada and Cartoon Network Canada and the new Disney Channel Canada, and they're launching Disney XD Canada and Disney Junior Canada in uh, at the end of the year, uh, which is also going to be really interesting. So you know, that's 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 a kind of a a, a weird little scenario right there you could say see here's here's one thing that i'm stupidly jealous about that you can have a situation where you would have dc cartoons 
with Marvel cartoons because that's not happening in the U.S. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Teletoon, like, Teletoon is actually sort of phasing out their... Okay, so what, what what's going on is that Chorus recently acquired the rights to do the Disney Channel. They used to be held by a company called DHX. You may know them as the people who currently own the Deke Library. And they uh, they're they also just announced a new like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs animated series. They 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 have their fingers in a lot of production work, uh, and they own their own like sort of network of stations here. They have Family Channel, which used to be our equivalent to Disney Channel, and they had the old Disney XD, which is becoming Family Charged, and the old Disney Junior, which is now becoming Family Junior. So there's a lot. We're gonna have a a a, a real glut of children's services in in Canada. Uh, coming soon yeah, you're but kidding yeah yeah um so what but anyway chorus uh managed to acquire the rights to the disney channel stuff in canada so what they did there used to be i'm sure you remember hearing about the station teletoon retro which was kind of like our boomerang except they kept the retro thing going i was throughout their so end. mad jealous you guys got 80s ninja turtles on tv again yeah it was i mean it's a I didn't watch it very often, but it was a fun station to just kind of, you know, hey, there's a gem marathon on. Let's just sit this. Let's just sit around and watch this for three hours. You know, it was it was that's still, it was outrageous, still nice. Jesse. Truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> I know. Um, but what they did was they actually shut down that station at uh, a couple months ago. That's a little heartbreaking. It was, and it was to make is to more or less to one make way for the Disney Channel on some cable providers and on other cable providers. Uh, they, that didn't currently already have Cartoon Network Canada because it wasn't available in very many homes until this year. They expanded their carriage of Cartoon Network Canada. So suddenly so, Cartoon Network and Adult Swim Canada are in a lot more homes. Yeah, uh, they, may, they may actually be in more homes than Teletoon now. Uh, I, I haven't actually checked on that. Because, okay, Cartoon Network Canada is actually pretty good. They air all the Cartoon Network originals day and date with when they air in the U.S., which I think is really all you can ask for. Oh uh, yeah. For uh, for that kind of station, Adult Swim can Adult Swim Canada, on the other hand, is a complete joke. Uh, it, they clearly have no money going into it at all. They don't uh, ri- really run any Adult Swim original content from after 2008. Seems to be the the cutoff point. So I guess they just figured they needed to inject new life into it. So they 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 took a bunch of stuff from Teletoon's late night block and sort of ported it over to uh, Adult Swim Canada, uh, which has been, it's not been going well. Uh, Adult Swim Canada has been getting a lot of negative feedback lately, uh, especially since they don't have Rick and Morty. Um, uh, oh, that's another n- another thing I wanted to mention is that there's actually no legal way to watch Rick and Morty in Canada right now and unless you import the DVD. That's ironic, uh, seeing as it's but, animated in Canada. That is very ironic. Uh, even I think even Justin Roiland point, pointed that out on Twitter a while back. Uh, and it's weird because you can't even get the DVD in stores. Usually home video is one area where the U.S. and Canada are you know, pretty tightly connected when it comes to being one market. But even though it's distributed by Warner, you can't get Rick and Morty on DVD and Blu-ray in stores here. You have to import it, which wow. is not a huge pain because you can just do it through Amazon. But you know, it's a lot more expensive that way. So, you know, that's kind of an unnecessary frustration there. Uh, but, you know, the, the Adult Swim stuff is a whole... Is a whole different topic. But anyway, uh, they don't have Rick and Morty or any current Adult Swim Canada stuff at all. And there's a lot of demand for that. There's a lot of demand for a Toonami block. If you go to their Facebook page, it's like it's all you see people posting about. They're either posting about Rick and Morty or they're posting about Toonami. 
But what they're doing with Teletoon now that they've moved all their com- most of their comedies uh, from there onto uh, Adult Swim Canada, they're airing a lot of superhero stuff in those evening hours now. Uh, DC and Marvel, including DC uh, direct-to-video movies, which I understand have never aired uh, on Adult Swim in the U.S. No, not but, on Adult Swim. Some of them aired on Cartoon Network for a time, but at yeah. some point Warner Brothers just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Sending those over. Yeah, yeah Tel- Teletoon has been picking those up for years, and they continue to run them in the late-night slots. They also run a lot of live-action movies, unfortunately, uh, which is has been a frustration for quite a while on that station. But they are, uh, interestingly, they do air a lot of uncut movies. Like They've shown like Bram Stoker's Dracula and 300 uncut on late-night Teletoon, which just goes to show that there's like... So much they can be getting away with content-wise, and they're not taking advantage of any of that when it comes to animation. Um, but anyway, they, they air a lot of the superhero stuff late night on, on Teletoon right now. Uh, but they also started airing some uh, kids' anime in those later hours as well. Like, uh, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes are airing at like 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. So there's, I think they're starting to warm up to the idea of, of uh, adult eyeballs watching anime, so... You know, maybe we'll start seeing some some stuff airing there soon. Um, I, I think I'm I, I'm a little more optimistic for anime to start showing up on either Teletoon or Adult Swim in the future than I am for Rick and Morty. Unfortunately, that that seems I, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's it's obviously a mess. Yeah, they they gotta get. It seems like they're stretching themselves really really thin. So thin. Uh, I know, I think at one point you seemed really surprised when you saw that they were running Samurai Jack every night on Adult Swim Canada, um, which I guess is kind of cool in a way. Are they actually doing that? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. They are. It, it is, but, you know, it's it's more a move out of desperation yeah. than anything, because <laughs> they're just, they're just so low on content. But everybody loves the Brack Show, Jesse. Oh, God, I really, yeah, they're, they're still showing the Brack Show every night. That's... I don't think any kind. I don't think any any station in the world has shown Brack Show as much as Adult Swim Canada has. Probably and not. It ran on tel- because yeah, and it ran Adult on Swim US kind of decided that show was dead to them at a point. <laughs> even even when Teletoon first picked it up, it had already been canceled for like over a year oh, on Adult Swim the state. So it it's so weird. I yeah, they must be getting some weird kickback on that. Yeah, it doesn't even have but, that many but, episodes. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I think that the prospect, like even though Teletoon has had kind of a troubled history with getting anime stuff on the air, they I think I think the prospects are pretty good for something showing up on either either Teletoon or Adult Swim right now. Um, I, my preference would be that they kind of develop an original block on Teletoon rather than doing a Toonami Canada, uh, simply because you know, like I said before, the the Canadian audience is is kind of different. Um, I think it's it's. Canadians kind of respond differently to certain shows. Like like I said, Seed did better here so compared to Wing, so it kind of shows Canadians might be responding better to, to shows than they do in the States. Uh, uh, going back to, to why I think that is, um, I think a big reason for it is because uh, anime has gotten a lot of, got a lot of airtime in like the 80s and 90s. Uh, a lot of that was because so many of them are dubbed in Canada or were dubbed in Canada at the time. And here in Canada... You know, because we're such a protectionist market, we have this little thing called Canadian content exhibition requirements. And if a show, if a foreign show has its English language dub done in, you know, Vancouver or Toronto, it counts as 50% Canadian content. So it counts towards that quota that the station has to meet. 
and it gets you know a lot more airtime. That resulted in shows that didn't really get a lot of exposure in the states getting a lot of exposure in Canada. So certain things are a lot more sort of cemented into the Canadian cultural consciousness compared to the states. And then if you go to French Canada, uh, there's a whole different story there. I mean, Radio Canada, which is like the French version of our public broadcaster CBC. They ran a lot of those world masterpiece. No, they, they ran pretty much all the world masterpiece theater um, shows from the from the late 70s and 80s uh, nationally, like every night. And they also aired like Captain Harlock and um, mm. and Rendizer. Uh, those were like big cultural sensations in Quebec. Um, obviously, French Canada is like a whole different culture and world compared to English Canada. But, you know, it, it just shows that there's this whole sort of separate cultural uh response to anime up here that again i i am kind of worried is getting kind of brushed mm. uh brushed under the carpet a lot of the time uh with with um one thing that always stood out to me is that apparently sailor moon was bigger than dragon ball z in canada arguably yeah you, you have to understand that sailor moon um i know that when that started in 1995 it was only airing in in like syndication in the states so mm -hmm. if you're lucky you might catch it at 6 30 in the morning in this one market or, or um or something like that whereas in canada it aired nationally on ytv weeknight like weekdays at 3 30 they like ytv was doing the whole pick up shows from syndication and make them national hits like years and years before toonami was sailor moon had like significant cultural traction in canada for for like well between 1995 and the time it started airing on Toonami. In fact, it was already kind of fading out by the time Toonami picked it up, and which is I, I understand really the point that it started to, you know, resonate with viewers in the states. Uh, Sailor Moon is is definitely a, a strong example of a homegrown hit. In fact, the the last 16 episodes of Sailor Moon R were dubbed specifically to be run on on YTV in Canada, because it, it originally cut off at like 65 episodes just for the the syndication package but yeah never underestimate sailor moon's popularity in canada which is why it really sucks that uh we can't watch the the stream for that here because it's a uh, hulu exclusive through viz yeah that's that's pretty balls <laughs> but you but you got crystal right through crunchyroll uh the subtitled version they actually just announced i think a couple hours before we started recording that the dub is going to be on hulu only oh well isn't that nice yeah that's 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 pretty disappointing. Uh, interesting thing about Dragon Ball Z as well, like the original Dragon Ball, like the the first the thirteen episode dub that that Funimation made with Deke, that aired in Canada on YTV shortly after Sailor Moon aired. It wasn't a huge hit, but you know it had a it had a full run. Uh, it did about as well as a like a short show like that could have, I think, but not well enough for YTV to justify like getting more of it. And obviously it was almost non-existent on US TV. So it kind of came and went. Uh, but then when a few years later, when DBZ started airing on Toonami, um, then, you know, YTV decided to pick that up following in the, the footsteps of the of the show's success in Toonami. So to, to me, that's an interesting contrast, because in a way, Sailor Moon was yeah. kind of a homegrown hit here where it was it was something that very specifically was a um was popular with Canadian audiences on their own terms, whereas Dragon Ball Z, it's like the popularity of the show in the states sort of transferred over up here, like again through the like cultural osmosis. Huh. Uh, and I think 
that that's a really delicate kind of difference you need to pay attention to when you're considering what's going to be a hit in Canada versus uh, or or what what the Canadian audience is going to respond to compared to the American audiences because again the cultural sensibility has been shaped in a different way and just going back to Teletoon if Teletoon could program like their own unique anime block I think that they could take chances on different things that uh that you wouldn't get if we just got a Toonami Canada because uh, there may be shows that you know people like the people who run Toonami in the states may be rightfully skeptical about um about running on the block here uh but could work with a canadian audience so teletoon would could be more willing to take it to uh, take a chance with it mm. but the problem is to make that work you need to have people who work at the station who you know understand anime understand the anime audience in canada and if you don't have people who who know how that works then you know you just wind up with chillers anime lineup oh <laughs> yeah oh this I, show's I, called uh... Is this a zombie? This must be a yeah. good idea for a horror block. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can say about this. Is, uh, is this a zombie? But or a lot of things you could call is this a zombie? But a a draw isn't one of them. <laughs> it's not my opinion. Uh, I I think what is yeah. If if there's nobody who can do like operate a block like that on Teletoon and make you know kind of the the, the, the those kind of calls. Mm-hmm. I mean I'd be I'd be happy with just a tsunami Canada airing on Adult Swim Canada that more or less replicates the stuff in the U.S. Uh, I mean, it's it's better than what we have now. Oh, that, yeah. Um, uh, at least television-wise. And I think it's, you know, even though we have access to all the streaming stuff, I think it's important to have stuff on television because uh, it's just sort of strong cultural reflection in a lot of ways and is still a cultural driver in a lot of ways, which, you know, Toonami has proven to be the case in, in the, or which has proven to be the case with Toonami in the States over the last few years. I agree. Uh, that's another thing because you you have touched on why Adult Swim Canada doesn't quite work in previous episodes of Zen in Canada, and I yeah, feel that's, that's something that's... that should be stressed that everybody that's clamoring for a tsunami in Canada or a tsunami anywhere else in the world, if you don't have somebody like Jason DeMarco, Gil Austin, or a Sean Akins like back in the day much less a Mike Lazo to be saying, hey, you can do this, you can't do that, we're going to try this, oh, we like this, we don't like this. I, you, you're going to end up with something very, very different unless they just do, say, uh, play catch-up and just do everything that, or try to do everything that Toonami in the States does, regardless of how well it might have any cultural impacts for that particular area of the world. Yeah, if we get Toonami Canada, like we're not get, we're not getting Tom. Like I I I I know that. Even even if, you know, people at Adult Swim Canada like pour their heart and soul into a Toonami Canada or something like that, there's no way they're going to have the budget. Like even just getting all that content, all, like all the um the bumpers and Tom footage and and everything, even just acquiring all of that from the American side on a weekly basis and sort of rearranging it to work with a Canadian block, like the, the resources that would have to go into coordinating that is would probably be more money than is going into adult swim Canada overall right now. So like my expectations for a tsunami Canada would be pretty low. Like, you know, maybe we'll get some shots of the absolution or, uh, or, or something like that. Yeah. During the, during the bumpers, certainly not going to get in 
a brand new Stephen Bloom voiceover. Not that you would necessarily want that for the Canadian market, but well, then again, Stephen <laughs> yeah, Bloom. Is yeah, Steve we, Bloom. we we could get uh, um, Scott McNeil. Yeah, uh, Scott Tom McNeil. instead. Yeah, I, I think it would be really cool if they could get like if they if you know they could put up put up just a little extra cash and get Steve Bloom to do like a couple extra lines every week just for the Canadian version because you'd have to have some some differences there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's difficult to imagine that actually panning out. But who knows? Maybe they'll launch anime. Maybe it'll be like a massive hit, and they'd be justified in in that yeah, expense. Yeah, you know, it, they didn't have any idea what they would be able to do with Toonami in the states until everything lined up, everybody was tuning in, and they had you know, all these advertisers interested in what they're doing. And that was yeah, it was the day. big surprise. But and like yeah. and they had been running anime up to that point too, just like you know one show at a time on Saturday nights, but. I think as soon as you got like the right kind of branding and push and mm-hmm. uh, just evidence that you're putting a little care into the lineup, as soon as that that whole push got going, I think that got people more excited uh, and it took really took people by surprise. And, you know, I, I, I think it's safe to say that the fact that Teletoon hasn't or Teletoon and Cartoon Network Canada, I should I should actually emphasize that technically Cartoon Network Canada is run by Teletoon, uh, who is, you know, under chorus, but they're. Those two are kind of inequivocally tied. I think that the fact that they have underestimated the performance of anime up to this point uh, will probably lead to a lot of surprises if they start running it soon. I, I mean, that happened with YTV back in the day when they started running Inuyasha. Uh, like I've suggested before, there was like this three-year period where YTV wasn't really running any anime that would appeal to most older viewers. And after some research, uh, I'm guessing after some research, they took a chance on YTV and it was like this massive, like... Like they did not see see it coming, how big of a hit the show would be. Um, it, it, the thing about Canadian networks is that like they're they're based around acquisitions. Um, you know, as much you know, even though we have Canadian content exhibition requirements, like the 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 defining mentality behind most Canadian networks is that they they want to run American content, they have to run Canadian content, and then international stuff just kind of falls between the cracks mm-hmm. and is really unpredictable. So YTV, so, but YTV is usually able to predict what's going to be like a, a hit because they acquire us content a few months after it airs in the States. They see how it does in the States. So the, and they like prepare it and market it accordingly with Inuyasha. It hit the air with like no promotion um, or, or really anything. Uh, and then surprise, surprise after like, debuting September 2003 it wound up being the number three Google search query uh, for Google Canada of that year and then in 2004 it was the number one Google search query for two, uh, for for that year um, and I think it was it still hung in there for a couple years after that as well um, and there was there was like no other anime that made the top like 10 or 15 uh, popular Google search queries in Canada for for those years so it like Boy, I thought really was popular here. <laughs> it it was popular in the states, but you know this is one of those subtle little things that people lose sight of, uh, the fact that you know just airing at the right time in the right place, uh, just allowed it to resonate with people in this like just totally crazy, unexpected way, uh, and I think that's the kind of thing that you know you need to put careful emphasis on, and uh, that's the kind of thing that. If the broadcasters and anime distributors paid a little more attention to, I think that they could turn the Canadian market into 
something much more than it is or something much more than they see it right now. Right now, it's usually seen as like, again, like an appendage on the U.S. market, um, mm-hmm. which is an inaccurate way of looking at it in a number of, of ways um, where when it's I think it's really its own thing and it needs to be treated like its own thing. Uh, so it's it's kind of sad to see things like, you know, we get ignored by some companies when it comes to streaming. Uh, the distribution for DVDs isn't so good. Uh, I mean, we get Funimation, Sentai, Viz titles in stores up here. You have to import like discotheque and NIS stuff, though, and that can be a little tricky. And then, you know, we have the dub situation, too. There's been almost no Canadian dubs produced in the past several years, despite the fact that our, you know, our dollar is in the toilet right now. So it should be a no brainer to send more dubbing projects up here. I was really disappointed to see that Gundam uh, Iron Blooded Orphans is being dubbed in L.A. and not Vancouver, which is, actually makes it the first mainline Gundam series that isn't dubbed in Canada. Yeah, I guess I guess it would. Because yeah. there were so that many that, that just sh- didn't even get dubbed. <laughs> and then the last uh, one that yeah. actually did get dubbed TV series-wise was Double O, and that was in Canada. Uh, yeah, didn't air in Canada, though. We never, we actually never got that one. That, that's a pity. That was a pity, yeah. I was, I was. It, it would have been a, a nice one for Bionics to sort of end on because Bionics basically finished after after Death Note ended. The Bionics block got moved to Saturday nights from its usual Friday night slot, and then it just kind of faded away. No one's really sure why. Uh, I have asked people at YTV why, and I have not gotten an answer. I don't think I'm ever going to get an answer. Uh, it seems it had more to do with internal politics than ratings, though. Been but, drinking uh, that Cartoon Network Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think uh, I think the circumstances were probably pretty similar as to why Toonami and or Toonami uh, sort of faded out and why Adult Swim action sort of got reduced to almost nothing over that same yeah, it's, period. It was just kind of a just a time where everything was slowly shutting down, minimizing, kind of fading into obscurity. It, it seemed like maybe the audience would just kind of not that into it or perhaps it was a refocus on uh, other things because all this stuff goes in cycles but yeah it's for sure and i mean there wasn't a lot of good content tough time time in that time either yeah there there honestly there wasn't a lot of good content coming out at that time either that that too i I think that like we're seeing a lot of good stuff coming out now but that really didn't happen until about 2011 when we saw titles like madoka and penguin drum come out in in Japan. And while those particular titles haven't aired on TV in North America, I think they still kind of created a surge that uh, has created more content that appeals to, to broadcasters now. I would agree. There's, there's definitely at least a handful of really good mainstream worthy shows that come out every year in Japan. And you just got to have somewhere to play them, really. Exactly. And, you know, with, uh, you know, I, I'm almost thinking now that maybe all this is really pointless because maybe the only thing we really need to push for at this point is for One Punch Man to air on television in as many countries as possible. Yes, because absolutely. It's, it's like, you know, it's made all other media kind of pointless at this point. Like, what, what is the point of liking anything or enjoying anything when One Punch Man exists? It's just so it's so good. <laughs> Uh, can you watch that on Daisuke in Canada? Yes, yes, we're we're actually very lucky because even though it's a Viz title, which would normally mean we can't access it legally in Canada, uh, it is on Daisuke and we can watch it on Daisuke. 
uh, I wish that more Neon Alley titles uh, would be would would be treated that way. But unfortunately, I guess that's up to the Anime Consortium of Japan and what uh, what they want to push. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we get uh, we get One Punch Man on there, so that's that's good. But in all seriousness, what are some titles that you think would really hit it off on Canadian television? Well, the obvious ones are Attack on Titan, Kill the Kill, Space Dandy. Those three have got to air. They, they they've got to they have got to show up. Like if anybody starts an anime block in Canada, those are the the three no brainers mm. for sure. For the most part, I think that a lot of the stuff that uh, would be good has aired on Toonami already. Uh, I, I think it's I think it, above all else, it's important for a network to look forward rather than back. That's the key to making anime blocks work. So, you know, obviously One Punch Man is something to keep an eye on. Uh, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans uh, it seems to be off to a good start. If if it if that holds up, I think it's going to be a really good title for any network to look at. And same with Toonami in the States. And much like you have far better luck getting Warner Brothers to do things with Teletoon and what have you, yeah. you stand a far better chance of seeing JoJo on television. That's actually true, because, um, I mean, I think if Teletoon realizes that I, I would imagine that the process of getting JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, they'd probably have to just talk to the same people that they usually get those DC animated films from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could I, I mean, I would imagine that acquiring JoJo's Bizarre Adventure would be more, you know, strategically uh, plausible than it seems to be with uh, with Adult Swim in the States right now. That that that's one that I could see showing up in Canada, but not the U.S. That's um, where you can one-up us. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I, I, I would love to see uh, Sailor Moon air in Canada, especially just because it has that strong cultural history. I, I'm amazed that, you know, even though tele- like you know YTV has dropped the ball with it, they, I don't think we're going to see any more anime on YTV. But even though those networks have kind of dropped the ball with Sailor Moon, that nobody else has swooped in to try to grab it because... You know, it, it that's a really strong title, like, culturally in Canada. And I, I'm surprised that no one has tried to, to air that new dub here. Or, you know, maybe, maybe they'll go for Crystal now that it's the, the dub is actually, it seems they have a full season dubbed for that now. It would be cool to, show, to see either of those show up. So, uh, obviously, Parasite, which is running on Toonami right now, would be, I think would be great as well if they, if they go for Sentai titles. I'd love to see them try Gatchaman Crowds. Uh, especially if it's mm. if it's on Teletoon, because their chorus is currently producing that Battle of the Planets remake. That's right, they are. Uh, that's supposedly going to be coming out in a couple of years, and I'm not really too enthusiastic about that. But if they could if they could get if they could get Gatchaman crowds on the air, that would be a neat little tie-in that they could air. I guess Modica would be a neat title as well, uh, since you can, if, especially if somebody runs Sailor Moon, they could kind of build off that maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if there were more Canadian dubs, that would make it a lot easier because, again, we still have the ca- Canadian content exhibition requirement. So shows that had a Canadian dub would probably have a really good chance of getting picked up, but that doesn't really seem to be the case with any titles. I don't know why uh, why, why, why our studios aren't getting used anymore. It's uh, I, think, I, I think a lot of people are missing out on the, are A lot of people are kind of missing those voice actors now from what I've gathered. Yeah, there definitely is a following that is thoroughly disappointed not to be hearing more of the likes of Scott McNeil and Scott McNeil isn't isn't even really in much anymore, no, even for isn't. the like delay shows that they do. 
Well, uh, he, he's like every other random character in Inuyasha plus Koga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Inuyasha, final act, uh, is one that's got to air up here just because I think that... Uh, that's some unfinished I, business. I, 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 that's going to get a lot of uh, support out of the woodwork if it if it shows up. I, I guess this is maybe seen kind of random, but, you know, if, if they could get kind of the Inuyasha slash... Um, Sailor Moon kind of crowd riled up. I think Yona of the Dawn from Funimation hmm. would be one title that you know I, I think can see that working. Appealing. Again, that's that's sort of a you know random suggestion off the top of my head, but that'd be pretty cool. Hmm. You definitely have a a bigger market for that kind of uh, strong heroine story than arguably we have in the U.S., even though Toonami has made strides with the likes of Kill a Kill and Michiko and Hachin. Yeah, Kill a Kill would do great up here, I think. I think I think, I think think that that would be a... Uh, that, that would perform pretty strongly. I'd like to see Michiko and Hachin, too, but, you know, it, it seems like you guys were, were, were just... Even, even you guys were lucky that, that Toonami went for it at all. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, to be honest. I've always kind of wanted it, and it always seemed like an Adult Swim show, but it just didn't quite seem like something that Toonami would necessarily go after. I mean, it's weird to think that Michiko and Hachin's airing on the same block as Dragon Ball Z in One Piece. It is kind of weird, yeah. Oh, and, and DBZ Kai in One Piece, I think. Uh, but, you know, just seeing how well it's done uh, in, in Toonami... Make, makes me think that they should probably air it up here. Although I will say, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me on this, I hope that, like, Teletoon or Adult Swim, if they if they start airing anime, I really hope that they go for the Funimation dub of DBZ Kai and not that mysterious ocean dub that is apparently sitting in a vault somewhere. Yeah, it's probably for the best that they do that. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fun kind of... I, I mean, the, the ocean dub of DBZ Kai is kind of a, a fun little mystery... Uh, it'd be ne- it'd be like kind of cool just to 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 see bits of its sur- surface, but I don't think that that's the thing that a network should be committing committed to running for several years. I don't, especially since it's apparently censored and has altered music. I, I'd rather see. Yeah, like, the, you're you're the, not the, gonna the, you're not gonna get quite the nostalgia bomb from from that, even though you have at least a lot of the original actors back in the roles that were famous for them at the time. But it just seems like it's time for a fresh slate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's time to, uh, Funimation one piece up in here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's another thing. If they did air something like one piece, like I, 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 I'm having a hard time thinking of where they would start, uh, because, you know, any start point for that show would be arbitrary here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe like Thriller Bark or season seven or something like that. Who knows? I, th- I, I think it would be. It would probably, probably be, just start at the beginning, but that's gonna be a long haul if it's only once a week. It, especially if it's once, even even if they aired it every day, I mean that's a lot of money to invest. Oh yeah, it in is. a show where I would imagine that most of its audience in Japan hasn't even seen Mm-mm. like the first episodes. So, <laughs> I mean that, that that's my prevailing mentality. If kids in Japan can jump into this show at any point and you know become fans of it, I don't see why adults in North America can't. Fair point. 
<laughs> and uh, it'd be cool to see Cowboy Bebop. It did, Cowboy Bebop did air on in Canada, but it was on like an obscure digital channel that few people got. It never actually aired on basic cable here. And now you can That's get it with another... those shiny, pretty HD remasters. You well, yeah, definitely. That's actually another another interesting point is that you know we have all these shows that were hits here and weren't as big hits in the states, but there are also shows that weren't hits here. And I, I would argue that Cowboy Bebop does not have really any cultural significance in Canada because it never aired on basic cable. It never reached an audience that wasn't expecting it. Hmm. So I mean, I mean, it's it's probably too late for for that to sort of happen now, but it would still be cool to see it run and and have more people be able to see it. Uh, on that note. It may actually be better to ha- ha- uh, to have it on Netflix finally. I don't know why it's taking them so long to get Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Yeah, didn't you guys get Space Dandy on Netflix there? I don't think so. Uh, I haven't. Been, I haven't. Uh... I, I heard word that it was going to show up. Typically on Netflix, anything that any anime is released at the same time in, in the U.S. and Canada. I don't think there's really anything that only the U.S. has or only Canada has. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I must be thinking of maybe UK Netflix. Yeah, I think it might. I think it might be on the UK Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I heard something about that. Not a hundred percent sure. Mm. Going back, I guess I should also mention that there were at the time that Bionics was running, there were other blocks that popped up on other channels here as well. Uh, I mean, Cowboy Bebop ran on a network called Razor, and they um, they started a little block. Uh, it, it was it used to be MTV Two. But then the company that owned it, Chum, lost the rights to MTV, so they rebranded and started running some anime. So they started their own little block, and it ran stuff like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo and Basilisk and Trinity Blood and Shin-Chan, too, and and a few others. And they actually kept running it until the station folded a couple years later. Uh, I I got a sense that they kind of knew what they were doing with anime as well, but the problem is that Chum... Uh, who ran that station got bought out by uh, CTV who, the, or the company that was at the time known as CTV Globe Media. Uh, so, it, you know, this kind of media consolidation happening in Canada sort of uh, brought an end to that. And that uh, Chum was also the company that up until that point owned much music, which is where Beck aired in Canada. And that was actually a pretty big deal as well, because at Beck aired on on it like. 7 p.m. or whatever on much music that's the equivalent to having anime run on prime time on mtv1 in the states and it did pretty well i mean it almost got two full runs in prime time and again the only thing that killed it was the ctv buyout wow yeah that's a shame i mean you guys are lucky to even get that on television much less in prime time it was it was pretty amazing yeah and i think uh i mean it, it wasn't like a massive hit but it it did well from what I hear, and so a, a lot of, it was a lot of people remember Canada. watching it. I, I guess so. They were they were close. <laughs> again, again, this is a, I guess an example of maybe that's an example Just of the, I was the Jap- made to hit in North America. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's another example of the of the of the Japanese uh, producers or creative side just kind of assuming that Canada and the U.S. are the same market. Yeah. It's just like no, you were you were you were close. <laughs> and uh there was also g4 tech tv canada had their own block which was all genion stuff that ran as well um but again that sort of died along with genion 
Well, it sounds like there's definitely some potential there. And, uh, you know, as much as I say disparaging things about the possibilities for a tsunami on your adult swim, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> I hope that you guys I, get I, something. I think it can happen, whether it's, you know, a Teletoon block or a tsunami block. I think there's uh, I, I, I think it'll happen. I think it's going to take a lot of people by surprise. Well, here's hoping. So, Jesse, why don't you tell the folks where they can listen to your podcast? Uh, so, the podcast is on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Canada, all one word. Uh, there's a blog where I post each episode as well, zonen.ca. Um, I, I, I update it pretty sporadically. In fact, I don't think I even I don't think I've even linked the latest episode on there yet. The best bet is to follow it on either SoundCloud, it's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher. You'll probably find it on most podcast apps as well uh i please if you're if you're interested i encourage you to, to subscribe but if you just want to listen to a couple random episodes it's it's all listed on soundcloud you can find me on twitter either at jbetteridge or at zonan canada all one word and if you have enjoyed this riveting conversation about canadian media and how it relates to uh, our media in the u.s and the whole situation with uh, anime in canada then I highly encourage you to check out the podcast. I personally find it very interesting to to get that perspective on what's going on in Canada, even though I have barely ever been to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I've I, I've done I've done panels at SakuraCon. I did uh, earlier this year. I did Adventures in Anime on Canadian TV, and I was very pleasantly surprised that most of the people who attended the panel were American. So I guess you know I guess people kind of see Canada as a bizarro America and like to hear how things are slightly different here. Yeah, you're doing uh, it too. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, Jesse. No problem. It's my pleasure. And we're back. And I think we can just go ahead and wrap things up. Sweet. You can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash tsunamifaithfulpodcast. Our Twitter is at tsunamipodcast. And our Tumblr is tsunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com. You can go to soundcloud.com backslash tsunamifaithfulpodcast to listen to episodes. And you can also visit podcast.tsunamifaithful.com for all the episodes of the podcast, as well as episodes of the Tsunami Show Rundown. And if you like what we do and want to help us out, you can go to our Patreon and become one of our Patreons. Patreon.com backslash tsunamifaithfulpodcast. Caboose, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Tumblr, Ask.fm as Caboose Jr. And can I can I plug my thing? Sure. So 
Toonami Digital Arsenal. We we all know that site. It's uh, it's helped everyone out throughout the years. You know, you want to watch an old promo? We got it. We got everything. Almost everything. I think. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, some things we don't have. So that's why I've we've uh, started taking um, submissions so that you can help us out. So if you have any like old promos or tapes or any you know footage of Toonami that uh, you'd like to toss our way, that'd be super. And we'll sift through it. And if you have anything that uh, that we don't have or the fat or if like you have something that's higher quality than the, what we have, then we'll gladly uh, put it on the site, give you credit for it, and everybody can be happy. Can't really explain it much better than that, really. I mean, shoot. I mean, even the Toonami crew references the site a lot, and if... Uh, you know, if we have everything, I mean, they they were definitely looking for that ICO uh, game review that we don't have, nobody has, or maybe you do, and you just don't know it. Maybe it's hidden somewhere on your tapes. Dust off those VHS. Yeah. Hey, Duelist, how how how's the you sending me tapes coming? Uh, once my. Uh... Tyler's transfer comes to me. I can box them up and send them your way. That's great. <laughs> I mean, we've we've already got like we've already been sent like around forty gigs of footage already, and uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, goodies in there that that aren't on the site yet, but they will be soon. So uh, it'll be nice to have the metal slug. 10x review up there. I really want to see that Final Fantasy 7 review if anyone has it. Yeah. We I'll, must pool I'll... our resources for the best archive possible. Yeah. Only you can help. Alright. Yeah. Said all I needed to say. I think. And Duelists, where can the people find you? Well, as always... I'm on Twitter at Heart of Sword seventy five. Uh, also currently named Ghoulist because everyone's all Halloweeny. Um, Wait, you can... what's up? I thought it was Halloween. I'm doing Christmas. You know what, Caboose? Go to the corner right now. I'm doing Christmas right now. I make my own rules. I make my own rules. What's this? Well, it's Thanksgiving in Canada. It is Columbus Day tomorrow. Don't get me started on that shit. I won't. Thank you. Probably going to mess up my check deposit. (laughs) What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, Also on YouTube, youtube.com slash duelistg. I have some new music identification videos in the works, so expect to see those soon. Please don't lie. I got a 
tweak my software and we should be good to go. And if you're bored, ask me questions at ask.fm slash heart of sword 75. And yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. Mr. Durrell. Oh, well, you know, you can always find me at ukami underscore samurai seven at twitter.com. And if you want to ask me questions, I have an Ask FM, and that is Ukami75 backslash Ask FM. Reverse that, and then you got it the right way. And if you want to send me any emails, you can do that at DarrellMaddox at 290Faithful.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sketch1984. You can tumble with me on Tumblr, Sketch1984.tumblr.com. And you can ask me questions on ask.fm backslash sketch 1984. If you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, you can direct those to sketch at tsunamifaithful.com or podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. And let me stress once again, if you want to make suggestions for the podcast, such as guest suggestions, you need to email me because I will ignore you otherwise. Thank you. And thank you all for listening once again, and we'll catch you next week. Deuces! Bye-bye.